All right, guys, how's it going? Uh, this is Graham. I am here with the 12 takeaways from the Georgia-Kentucky game. Um, you guys may follow me on Twitter at DogOutWest. If you're not doing so, please check that out. Also, please follow us over at DogSports underscore live to uh, see these shows when they go out three times a week. Um, so, first of all, Yesterday, uh, Stetson Bennett might not be JT Daniels, but I don't know that that's necessarily a bad thing uh, at this point. Like either way, the splits that he's putting up right now, they're good enough to go win a championship behind. Um, so far on the season, Stetson, 69.5% completion, 12.1 yards per an attempt, 224.5 QB rating. Mac Jones in 2020, 77.4% completion, which was absurd. It was the best QB season we've ever seen in college football. But 11.2 yards per an attempt, 203.1 QB rating. 2019 Joe Burrow, 76.3% completion, 10.2 yards per an attempt, 202.0 QB rating. 2018 Trevor Lawrence, 65.2% completion, 9.3 yards per an attempt, 157.6 QB rating. So I think you know none of the guys above, none of those guys that I just talked about had anything close to the Georgia defense that Stetson has across the field from him. Um, but Stetson's 12.1 yards per an attempt is right now second in the NCAA behind only Grayson McCall at Coastal Carolina, and they're doing ridiculous things in the Sun Belt, but they're not playing Power 5 defenses every week. So I wouldn't really compare the two uh, apples to apples. Um, so credit should go to Todd Monken, right? Uh, he has made Stetson absolutely lethal off of play action. Uh, 44.6% of Stetson's dropbacks are coming off play action. And he's hitting 26 for 34 on those attempts, 76.5% completion, 615 yards, 18.1 yards per an attempt, six touchdowns, one interception. Um, on play action, he's got a 90.4 passing grade from PFF, which is about as high as you're going to see anywhere for anybody. Uh, so, more Bennett, uh, he's also displaying absurd downfield accuracy right now. Um, his splits on throws from 10 to 19 yards and 20 plus yards plus. When I say splits, that's just his his, his stats. Um, they're insane. So 30.5% of his attempts are coming from 10 to 19 yards downfield. He's 19 for 25, 76% completion rate, 410 yards, 16.4 yards per an attempt. Four touchdowns, one interception. 14.6% uh, of his attempts are coming beyond 20 yards. Just 12 attempts, but eight for 12 on those attempts. 66.7%, 348 yards, 29 yards per an attempt. Four touchdowns, no interceptions. So he's just being absurdly accurate downfield. Um, maybe JT Daniels can improve on this, but if he did, it would make him more accurate than a guy who is so far having – one of the most accurate downfield passing seasons in the history of college football. Hands down, he is. Um, this offense is getting big plays when it wants it. I think Kirby and Monken know they have a generational defense to protect and they're working on ball control right now. Like yesterday, I don't think Georgia had a scoring drive that was longer than about two and a half minutes. They may have had one that I think was 243. So there's going to be times, right, where you'd prefer to have a six-minute drive and move the ball downfield in small chunks and control it and run clock and get that defense a rest. 
as opposed to the two and a half to three minute drives that they're they're scoring off of yesterday. But like if you're sitting here and saying that Georgia's offense is more explosive or is less explosive because Stetson Bennett is playing quarterback right now, you're wrong. Um, he's he's just he's extremely accurate downfield. Georgia's downfield shots are converting at an extremely high rate. Georgia's getting explosive plays in the passing game. Um, truthfully, I think if you're looking at it, like if you look at the tape and you turn on the tape, I still think that JT Daniels processes things faster and sees defenses quicker and better than Stetson Bennett. But I also think that Stetson Bennett brings a dynamic with his legs that is that is big and important. Georgia's offensive line has been phenomenal in pass protection. That's why you're able to have, you know, 45% of Stetson Bennett's dropbacks coming off of play action. But his mobility is also allowing that to happen because if the rush starts to bear down a little bit, he can escape, throw the ball away. Like he's not getting sacked. And I think that he got sacked once yesterday and once against Auburn. Um, Daniels, you know, if the pocket doesn't hold, chances are he's going down just because he's not as mobile. So it's, it's a tough situation right now. I think truthfully looking at the Georgia offense though, like I don't think switching out JT Daniels for Stetson Bennett probably changes all that much. Uh, I think that if you're looking at this Georgia offense and you want to see it get better, uh, you want more consistency in the run game, which Georgia, I think probably had their best running day of the season yesterday. They had more explosive runs than they've had all year. Everyone who had a rushing attempt, had a, a carry for over 15 yards, and that included Lad McConkey and Stetson Bennett, in addition to Zamir, Kendall Milton, and uh, James Cook. But I think, you know, getting healthy guys back at wide receiver is going to make this team probably unstoppable, truthfully. Like, if you can get Arian Smith back healthy and have that threat that takes the top off the defense, that's a massive problem. Obviously, George Pickens, one of the most talented wide receivers in college football. Uh, Jermaine Burton, extremely good receiver. Marcus Roseme, extremely good receiver. So if you get those guys back, I think that this passing game gets even scarier. But I think if you're Georgia, from a game state situation, what you want to see is this offensive line, this running game continuing to improve at the rate that it has been so far. And it's getting better week by week. But I think that, you know, that's really kind of the question because, like, you know, Moving on to the next takeaway, like looking at this defense, you want to go score two touchdowns on Georgia? All right. You're going to have to pull out all the tricks in your playbook, a hook and ladder variation off of a screen, an end around, some reverses, some misdirections, some throwbacks. Then you're going to need the officials to not call holding on that drive. Then you need to have a strip sack fumble overturned. And then you can go score a touchdown. I mean, like, Credit to Kentucky, that 13-play, 75-yard touchdown drive they had in the second quarter was a, a thing of absolute beauty, but it required every trick that they had in the playbook. And you just – if you're an offensive coordinator, you can't really replicate that drive over and over. Um doesn't work that way. And so, I, I, I like, then to go – to be able to put, you know, 13 points on the board instead of seven – you're going to have to basically concede the game down 23 points with 11 minutes and 27 seconds left. You're going to have to say, all right, I'm going to go on a 22 play drive while Georgia's playing me soft because they want my offense to run clock. And you're going to have to decide that, you know, basically 
I don't want to win the game. I just want to go and score another touchdown. That's basically what Kentucky did at the end of that game in the fourth quarter yesterday was they conceded the game by, you know, knowing that we're not going to be able to create enough explosive plays, even if this is a three possession game, like we can't do that. We're not going to be able to, if we go out there and try to score a quick touchdown to make this competitive, we're going three and out. We're going to probably get blown out even worse. So they went on that, you know, 22 play March, which credit to them, like they went and scored a touchdown, but it took calling timeouts with seven seconds left on the clock. It took probably what was a fumble on the goal line that was recovered by Latavius Bernie not being caught by the SEC officials. Uh, you know, it's just like Georgia was fine with giving away stuff in front of them at that point, and so Kentucky took advantage of it. But this defense is so good that I don't know, you know, like Georgia's offense, yeah, they scored 30 points yesterday. It's not phenomenal. It's not bad. But 30 points with this defense might as well be 70 at times. Like that's how this feels right now. Maybe Ohio State, maybe Alabama, although I don't see it with what they have on the line of scrimmage and how they're playing right now today. That could change by December. But it's just like I I don't know, you know, even if, if Stetson Bennett has to play quarterback the rest of the way uh, – and you don't get a bunch of guys back healthy at wide receiver. Like, I think that that might be enough with this defense, which is scary to think about because I think that Georgia is about to get a whole lot better on offense over the next month. I think that, you know, the running game is continuing to improve and this offensive line is continuing to click. So it's just, it's hard to like, they just held that Georgia's defense held the SEC's leading rusher to seven yards on seven carries. I don't know how you stop that. And then the running game, you know, the, the implication from Monken was clear early on, right? Like, you want to load up on the run, we're going to abuse your linebackers through the air. You want to play zone to stop the pass, we're going to abuse your front with our running game. Georgia had a five-play, 80-yard touchdown drive yesterday that was all on the ground, and they also had scoring drives where all but a couple yards came through the air. So, basically, you're not going to stop this Georgia offense with your base defense right now. At least you're not if you're Kentucky. And when you adjust to stop the run or the pass, you're going to get burned with a, with the other one. So it's just like I don't know that there's a solution out there if you're a coach going against Georgia right now. Um, it was a touchdown game at halftime, and Georgia got the ball out of the half. Out of the half, they immediately go six plays, 75 yards without ever seeing a third down. On that drive, Bennett made a 16-yard throw to Washington, 25-yard throw to Bowers, 27-yard throws to throw to Bowers for a touchdown, and they mixed in a 15-yard in around to Lad McConkey. So, you know, all of a sudden the seven-point game becomes a 14-point game. Kentucky gets the ball back. They go three and out. Georgia comes flying right back down the field. And, you know, they they blew – Brock Bowers blew a block on a short third and two toss sweep to the right side to Kendall Milton that, you know, should have probably been a touchdown if, if it was played correctly. But – all of a sudden, it's a 17-point game. If you're down 17 against this Georgia defense, you're it's over. You're you're dead. It, you know you're legally dead at that point. So it's just this team right now. I thought Kentucky played a really good game. I thought they played a pretty smart game, and still, like you give them a little crack and and you're done, right? So I think anyone worried about Georgia's offensive output yesterday probably should remember that Kentucky did everything it could to shorten this game. Uh, that still didn't keep them in it, still didn't make it close, but 
Georgia only saw nine possessions on Saturday. Um, that was the least it saw all year. Still put up 30 points, still outgained Kentucky 416 to 243. So, you know, that's about rough math. Nine going into 416. I think you're looking at almost 50 yards of possession there um, if you're Georgia. So I think you would take that, especially with your defense. And, yeah, 46 yards of possession, like – that's great. Um, you know, you're you're going to score in a lot of situations if that's the output, especially considering that Georgia did have a couple three and outs yesterday. Um, the other phenomenal and crazy development is that Georgia has all of a sudden become tight end you. Brock Bowers, Darnell Washington, and John Fitzpatrick all had receptions over 20 yards in this game. That group combined for eight catches for 158 yards. Bowers had five of those catches for over 100 yards and two touchdowns. He remains one of the most unique weapons in college football. One down, he's cleaning up linebackers while blocking in the run game. The next, he's burning safeties and cornerbacks for touchdowns on wheel routes. That's There's no solution for that if you're a defensive coordinator, especially when there's all the other things you have to account for with Georgia's offense right now. So, yeah, I, I told you guys in the game preview that Georgia could do damage with their tight ends and running backs in the pass game, and uh, it seemed like Todd Monken felt the same way, right? So, he hasn't needed to throw to the running backs this year, but on third and four with the game tight early, tied 0-0, and credit to Kendall Milton for being the only player on the field who was heads up enough to go and jump on that that ball, that that second down uh, fumble that Stetson Bennett had that looked like an incomplete pass was right there next to a Kentucky defender. Kendall jumps on it and puts the puts Georgia in third and four. Instead of second or instead of third and thirteen, um, so extremely heads up play by him. But yeah, you're in that situation, and you're Todd Monken. You need a play. All of a sudden, he goes and throws the angle route to James Cook for a touchdown. Like, I, I think Georgia could run that play five times a game, and some you know, or some variation of it five times a game, and and do a lot of good things with it. They just haven't had to. Uh, you know, there's people that are saying. Monken's only used 60 to 70. Per, he hasn't, he still hasn't used 60 to 70% of his playbook so far this year. So I think, you know, if you're a Georgia fan, like when, when Georgia needs a play, you can trust Todd Monken. Even if Stetson Bennett is quarterback, you can trust Todd Monken is going to have a play for that situation. Um, Georgia just hasn't been in many situations where games were competitive enough this year for them to need to burn something on tape that I think they might want to say for Alabama or college football playoff matchups down the road. So, yeah, I mean, it's a little bit scary to think about a team that's missing, you know, their, their top, probably, you know, the top three to six guys on their, on their skill positions, at least from a going into the season standpoint, like, you know, if you had projected Georgia's starting wide receiver rotation, um, Lad McConkey and and Bowers and some of these guys, Mitchell probably didn't figure into that with the experience of that that was in that room. But all of those guys have been out. Georgia's still been finding ways to win, and they've still been doing it while running pretty vanilla stuff. And that's just a testament to how good this defense is. So, speaking of the defense, uh, Nicobe Dean, best linebacker in America. Absolutely elite athlete with incredible speed and blitzing ability, but the recognition ability is what I think was really on display yesterday, and it made a difference. Like Kentucky was down 17, third and goal, uh, 
he saw another one of those throwback tight end screens coming and he sprinted around three Kentucky offensive linemen to stop it for a five yard loss. And, you know, that's a walk in touchdown otherwise, but I thought that play really showed who he is and what makes him so great. Yeah. It's the athletic ability, but it's also the processing. It's the recognition. It's the, it's the stuff that's going on in his head that keeps him a step, a step ahead of, you know, these blockers that are coming out to, to clear him out of the play. So great job by him. Um, the moment from yesterday that I'll remember years from now was the the play that came right after that, which was the block field goal by Jordan Davis and Vontae Wyatt. Um, you know, it was the type of suffocation type play that elite teams do in a, you know, late in a third quarter, or early in a fourth quarter, where it was like, Oh, you know, 17 point game, you're going to try and pull it to two possessions. That's cute. Here comes Devontae Wyatt and Jordan Davis. Uh, what they did to Kenneth Horsey, who is a very good guard for Kentucky, number 68, go back and watch the replay. His back leg flies about four to six feet. It just his cleat is planted in the turf, but he's moving backwards and there's grass getting chewed up and, and spit into the air because there's so much sheer force moving him in that direction. Um, like, when you have a mountain range, you deploy the mountain range and Georgia decided to deploy the mountain range at that moment. And Kenneth Horsey got turned into a human blocking sled. Uh, the field goal gets blocked. Unreal power and force on display there, but also credit to Dan Jackson uh, again, making a heads up special teams play, which he's done a few times this year, scooping that ball up on the two yard line and bringing it back out towards where it was kicked, uh, you know, put Georgia in a spot where they could kind of run their their usual offense, getting the ball back, and they went right down the field and scored a touchdown on that wheel route to Brock Bowers from Bennett. So, yeah, really, you know, great job by everybody in that scenario. Um, I thought that Kentucky offensive line did a really admirable job with this Georgia front. Sure, they held, but everyone holds against this Georgia line. Uh, that will be the toughest challenge that this D-line faces all year. Uh, they only let Georgia get to Levis for three sacks, which is is good against Georgia. Um, they also, you know, managed to – they like, I just thought they did a good job keeping them from being extremely disruptive. You know, Levis was 36 for 46 on the day. I think he only threw for like 140 yards or something like that, which gives you an idea of just – how hard it is to move the ball on Georgia, but um, Kennard was really impressive. The right tackle for Kentucky. He basically shut down pass rush coming from the left side of Georgia's D line. Uh, and still, you know, after all that, after doing such a great job, this Georgia front steals points and steals possession by wrecking that field goal attempt. So it's one of those things where it's like, you can hold them. You can have the best offensive line in the SEC, which I think Kentucky does. And no matter what, they're still going to wreck the game. So uh, if you're a Georgia fan, I think you got to be really happy about this bye week. It's kind of like, you know, coming in. Uh, if you told Georgia fans that they would be in the situation they've been with the amount of guys that have been dinged up and who they are, I think they would have told you, you know, this team's probably not going to be undefeated at this point in the season. So they need to get healthy and getting guys back like Christopher Smith, Jermaine Burton, Marcus Roseme, Arian Smith, uh, potentially Pickens, JT Daniels. Um, back, getting those guys back in the lineup could really turn this into kind of an unstoppable juggernaut type of team. Um, but either way, guys, it's like, you know, 
maybe I'm wrong and I'll come back here and tell you I, I was if I am. But either way, I think this team probably wins a national title as long as this front seven stays healthy. I think if uh, these guys get back healthy on offense, they they could win a national title game by like 20 or 30 points. Um, they could go down with like 2019 LSU and 2020 Bama is arguably one of the best teams ever. Um, and because I, I think that it it is not unrealistic to say if those guys get healthy and whether it's Bennett or Daniels back there, you know, kind of this thing keeps clicking at the quarterback position, which it's been clicking at the quarterback position, regardless of who's been playing. Uh, I think at that point, Georgia has the best defense in the country, which which is true by a huge margin, but they, they may at that point have the best offense or one of the best offenses in the country. And that defense is so much better than any other unit in college football. They're the only elite unit in college football at this point that it just, you know, it turns this into a formality probably for being truthful. So Georgia is just the sixth team in SEC history to score 250 or more points and give up less than 50 points through seven games. The last was 2011 Alabama. Before them, you have to go back to 1976 Alabama. Uh, all but one of the previous five teams won a national title. Uh, you know, so Georgia's an elite company. They're in rare company. Uh, I don't think that a lot of college football observers, watchers, fans thought we would ever see a defense be able to do what they're doing so far this season again in the sport just because – of what's happened over the last decade with offense. But when pendulums swing, they usually do finally eventually swing back in the other direction. And this Georgia may, this Georgia team may kind of mark the, the pendulum starting to swing back towards defense a little bit. There's a long way to go, right? Um, Florida is a three loss team now. So I think we all expected a Georgia win and a comfortable Georgia win in Jacksonville, but things can get weird down there. And I know Georgia fans are not going to feel comfortable with that game until until it's over. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's still a lot of football to be played. This, this is a crazy year of college football. Uh, you know, so it'll be interesting to see kind of who's in and who's out as we go forward, but you got to like where Georgia is right now. Um, they're clearly the, the best and most dominant team in the country through, through seven weeks. And, uh, I think that they will continue to be through the rest of the season. So enjoy the bye week We will be back on Tuesday with our Kentucky film review show. Um, please follow us on Dog Sports Live. Please subscribe on YouTube, subscribe on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify. Um, and also please follow me at Dog Out West. Go check out Josh. He does a great job on Twitter uh, at dog underscore stats. Uh, also, if you want to get ready for the Florida game uh, and get yourself kind of really dressed appropriately you should go to dogstats.com and get one of his ftmf hats uh this is the time of the year to wear it and wear it proudly so thanks you guys for tuning in we'll be back on tuesday with more until then have a great start to your week